This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Yes, it is Stricken Austin back with you. Uh, we called it On the Block yesterday, what Bach and I did for about an hour in between games, but it wasn't really On the Block. You weren't here, Strick. We called it that. Hope you're not offended, but we're glad you're back today. Uh, not offended at all. Um, Bach's an original member. True. So he's like... It's not like he's, uh, you know, kicked off the Blockhead crew. He's still a Blockhead. Block, block is all good. Um, Family's family, right? Yeah, man. Um, but it's always good to be back in studio with you guys. Uh, great week. Great weekend. Um, surprised mom. She was happy. She was so excited. Uh, she had no clue I was in. Uh, I popped up on her, and you know, me and my sister kind of had to tell some fibs and kind of play it <laughs> off a little bit. But yeah, we went in there, had a great time. Um, so that was that was beautiful to get a chance to surprise her. When, when I found out we were off that Friday, I just said, "Let me jump on a plane and go out there and see mom." That's awesome. Happy Mother's Day, you know, past you know to all the mothers. Shout out to you for all that you do. Um, we know it gets heavy, hard, and sometimes. Uh, tiresome so we thank you mm-hmm. for all the mothers all the mothers that are blockheads you've dealt with some knuckleheads we appreciate you thank you for keeping them in line it's awesome um big shout out mary ellen's food for the soul sponsoring our show every day we have it here two to four weekdays uh on 93 7 the ticket rico had ribs strick he got ribs he went and got the slab he did we teased him enough that he said i got to go on out there and See Charles and the crew, and I'm glad he did. Charles brought him in. Not disappointed. Rico ate him up. Not disappointed at all, so yeah, absolutely. If you want some for yourself, go check them out uh, tomorrow. They're open uh, through the rest of the week. 402-464-5685. Call or text us if you have any thoughts on anything we're getting into. Uh, a lot of news. Today. A lot of news. A lot of Where news. Where do you want to start? Man, listen. First and foremost, a lot of things happened over the weekend. <laughs> I mean, obviously you got baseball. You know, hockey's heating up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you know, there's some wonderful uh, playoff games uh, there for the hockey. Uh, some disappointments, you know, obviously for teams like New York and Philly. Uh, Philly, you know, being up three two, had to go into Boston to do it. I mean, so these are these are tremendous stories, but surprising things happened as well that we'll get into and we'll talk a little bit about. But I want to jump into Husker news right now. Let's talk. Let's talk some Husker talk, uh, Austin. And 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 one of the things with with Husker talk, let's start with the the elephant in the room. You know, one of the guys that had been sought after, chased after, a legacy kid, um, now finds himself in a Georgia Bulldog uniform. Now, that's not always a bad thing. And here's why. Somehow, some way, we we're we're getting a an Alabama Georgia little <laughs> mini pipeline going. Right. <laughs> so if things don't go uh good and, and goes awry down there in, in Georgia land in Athens you never know. There might be a, a sneaky road with a pipeline that, that, that goes from Lincoln to Athens. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we can, we're going to dig into, and I want to ask you about that. What do you think about the commitment? Um, 
right thing, right fit? Uh, do you think there's something else to it? Because you know they they they're able to get quarterbacks, and yeah. there's going to be a competition level at another you know top tier. So it is. See? I I think it makes sense that he committed there. I mean, the two places he's been committed now are Ohio State, which we know what they do with quarterbacks at the college level. We can write off their pro thing for now because we're just thinking about, you know, the next few years at college. We know what Ohio State quarterbacks are under Ryan Day. He was committed there. Dylan Raiola was decommitted, and then he goes to Georgia, who has had an interesting track record at quarterback. They have Matthew Stafford Mm -hmm. back in the late 2000s, you know, number one overall pick, absolute stud in college. Aaron Murray's the one that holds all the passing records, though. Really good college player, didn't do much in the pros. The five stars they've had haven't really panned Panned out. out. Mm -hmm. You have uh, Justin Fields, who transfers um Jacob Eason wasn't anything at Georgia in his couple years there uh JT Daniels didn't Didn't do much at Georgia what five schools now (laughs) something like that (laughs) yeah one for every finger on the hand so it's not that Georgia I mean obviously in Stetson Bennett the most successful Georgia quarterback was a Mm walk-on you know elevated to scholarship Mm -hmm. so to some degree maybe Dylan Raiola's the missing piece is like okay Georgia can finally hang their hat on a quarterback again but maybe they just don't need that that level of quarterback to succeed. It makes sense that he would go there, though. That program right now is the model of college football. I get it. Nick Saban and Alabama are still there. That's still, you know, the model program of the last 15, 20 years. Probably 15 years. But right now, it's Georgia. Yeah. Georgia is the it program. They're doing it, um, you know, with defense, with a lot of playmakers. Now, if you have a quarterback that's the number one prospect overall, not just the number one quarterback, you know, top 10, he's fine. Someone has to be the number one. Now, this is the number one prospect mm-hmm. in all of high school football. If Mike Bobo and that Georgia staff can help him live up to what his recruiting ranking says he is, that's a game changer. Yeah. Plain and simple, it is. So it makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of signs were pointing to Georgia since he decommitted from Ohio State. Credit Nebraska for staying in the race as long as they did. Maybe maybe they were out of it you know, before we knew, yeah. but it seems like Nebraska at least had a, a non-zero chance, which is a credit to Matt Rule and his staff uh, for picking up the, the pieces of a broken recruitment, at least making it somewhat interesting. But this was always the most likely outcome. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. Uh, I want to throw something out there. Did you did you see any of the takes? <laughs> uh, Twitter was going wild on this one. Shocker. With... Uh, <laughs> with your boy, Bryce Young. <laughs> it, it, I wish Bryce it, it, was my taking, boy. Taking, uh, taking snaps, and <laughs> they were out there. The memes are this, looking like Rico. The, under, the, <laughs> the internet is undefeated. They had him out there looking like a, a tiny Tim. Like <laughs> he looks like a middle schooler out there. I mean, those, those are some of the biggest dudes. Like it's crazy when you look at pro linemen. They're big. But they don't look like the college linemen, you know, no. real thick, you know. Gut. Yeah, a little no. gutty. Them suckers look like they're in great shape, lean, big, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I can understand why he would look like uh, Tiny Tim <laughs> out there. I thought it was pretty funny, some of the memes that were coming out. They said, he, you know, he looked like a bobblehead and stuff <laughs> like that. It was kind of crazy. Even playing behind, you know, an NFL caliber offensive line at Alabama, the difference from a good, a really good college line to what every single offensive lineman looks like mm-hmm. in the NFL. Whew. Yeah, totally different. Uh, what, let, let's talk about this then. What What is the importance? What it, Does it define – Jeff Sims and the importance he is now become. You lose Casey Thompson, 
you, do, you you haven't really had an opportunity to see what's going on behind Casey Thompson. Some others leaves, you know, you know those guys. Mm-hmm. Purdy, not really working out, didn't pan out. So the ones that you thought were there, some with big arms, Torres and stuff like that. But at this point, you you, you got to say Jeff Sims your guy. Mm-hmm. What is the importance on him success moving forward in the next few years? They've got to do a great job of training him up because we really don't know what to expect coming in. Are you going to be back in it? Do you foresee them being back in the transfer portal? Or, or I think they need to recruit somebody, but what's your thought? Yeah, I think every team in college football is going to be back in the portal, especially Nebraska. The, yeah. the blessing and the curse of a guy like Jeff Sims is that he's a lot like Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. He has more starting experience already than Anthony Richardson does, so there's more tape out there on him. Maybe that you know lowers his ceiling a little bit. But say Jeff Sims throws for you know 3,000 yards at a 65% completion rate um, and single-digit interceptions, Strick, he's going to get NFL looks this year. Yeah. You know, after this next season, if that's the stat line he puts up. Again, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying it's within the realm of possibility. And that means that if he's that good and getting looked at in the second or third round, he's probably gone. Mm-hmm. So if you're Nebraska, you have to walk a very fine line. You hope he walks a very fine line to where he shows improvement, that he's a good enough get in the transfer portal, that you can feel confident in him being the guy to take you, you know, to, you know, hopefully two bowl games, but at least a solid bowl game next year without, you know, just completely raising his stock to the point that he leaves after this year. Because if he leaves after one year strict, what do you have in the cupboard? That's what I'm saying. You have Chubba Purdy, who still looks sped up. The door may or may not be open for Logan Smothers to come back. I don't know if he moves the needle. Heinrich Harburg hasn't taken a snap at Nebraska, yeah. I don't think, yeah. as a quarterback. And Jack Woach, who's a, a you know freshman walk-on that they just added. Yeah. The cupboard's bare because you missed out on your 24 guy in Riola. In pursuing him, you missed out on Kalen. Yep. And other guys really won't be committing this late yeah. unless it's a super developmental type of guy. Yeah. In that case, if Jeff Sims leaves after this year, you have to be back in the transfer portal for a starting caliber guy, but you also have to get a high school recruit to sit that year to get ready for 2026. The, the thing about it too, Strick, is that Nebraska has been in the portal for quarterbacks for so long. I get Adrian Martinez was here for three years, but before him, he had Tanner Lee and before that, I guess you had Tommy Armstrong. Armstrong. But it feels like so long since Nebraska's had a true homegrown, developed, you know, all Big Ten caliber quarterback. Adrian had his moments, sure. Tommy Armstrong had his moments, sure. But to me, I would have a lot of confidence in this staff, Strick, if they identify a high school quarterback, develop him for, you know, two to four good years on campus and keep that going instead of having to dip into the portal every year or two. Yeah, there's so much uncertainty, and the quarterback position is such a value and mm-hmm. a high need mm-hmm. that it basically the success, pretty much the success of your team is going to go one of two ways, by way of your quarterback and his mm-hmm. leadership and what he can do for your team as well as a defense, just a, a mm-hmm. staunch defense. Because we saw the success an Iowa team had with no quarterback None. situation. So if you have a good balance of that, you can have a pretty successful year. And you don't need your quarterback to be no. the star. Like in the NFL, no. the better quarterback you have, the better your team's yeah. going to be. I mean, yeah. yeah, you need pieces around him. But we see in the NFL, the quarterback's the most important position. You can get away with having a pretty good to a just yeah. good quarterback instead of an elite 
quarterback. Right. Because look at right. you know USC, look at North Carolina, yeah. teams with the two probably two best returning quarterbacks in college football this year. USC let down by its defense. US or UNC maxes out at nine wins mm-hmm. for the most part. In the Big Ten, you can get to nine or ten wins with a game manager, kind of Cade McNamara style. Thanks. At yes. Iowa, I think Cade McNamara is the best get Iowa could have had, more than any receiver, more than any offensive lineman, because he raises the floor. He's not going to make mistakes, and you can get away with having a quarterback like that in college. And a staunch defense. If you have know. a staunch defense and yeah. playmakers around him. Yeah. And I think that's what Nebraska is recruiting, is a lot of those playmakers. So if you go get a dynamic quarterback, I think that's you know four or five steps down the road. But develop a competent, consistent quarterback to let everyone else around you shine. And that's really all you need to do. I have to agree with you on that. 25, uh, 26 quarterbacks. Is there anybody out there that we have our eyes? That's the crazy thing about it. We we need to put our eyes on somebody. I mean, because we've missed some local talent mm-hmm. that we could have probably had in. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you stay close to them just in case situations don't work out that we can maybe have a return. But that's that's something we've got to do better on because there's been some tremendous local quarterbacks that have come out of Nebraska over the last three to four years that we've missed on. They've got to do better at that, uh, Mm -hmm. making sure that that happens. Um, There's a guy in the 24 class out of Alabama named Kamari McClellan who's uncommitted. Um, I don't know much about him. It's a bummer we didn't get to talk to uh, Brian Munson yesterday with uh, state baseball going on. So maybe next week we'll ask Brian about that. Um, But he's there. A guy that Nebraska's had on campus already, Stone Saunders out of Pennsylvania in the 25 class. Uh, right now rated as a, a three-star by 24-7 sports, but a four-star in the composite. So whoever it is, identify your guy. You can't strike out on a quarterback again because essentially yeah. Jeff Sims is your 2024 quarterback recruit now, and he has to be around in 2025. I get it. There are quarterbacks that go in the portal every year, a lot yeah. of good ones, yeah. but I just don't like relying on that. I, I get it to the day and age, but – to have to rely on the portal to get a guy, I don't love that strike. Yeah, there's another kid out there that has a great relationship with uh, Coach Marcus Satterfield, and that is a Dante Reno uh, hmm. out of Cheshire Ac- Academy in uh, Connecticut. He is a commit to South Carolina, and he expressed that he was pretty sad that Marcus Satterfield was going to Nebraska. So there's there's kind of a connection there. Um, the difference between him, he is a traditional quarterback, a pocket passer. He has great touch. Um, he, uh, he has the ability to use uh, his touch to fit the ball in tight windows. He's one of those guys. And, and that's one of the things. I, I, I think somebody like that on the development side of things uh, as a sophomore, it's got, his numbers aren't crazy. Uh, moderate, you know, 2,500 yards as a sophomore, but it could, it could get better. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily an RPO type of quarterback, but being a pocket passer who has the ability to fit tight windows is an important factor. When you don't have receivers, which has been a problem at Nebraska in, in the past, mm-hmm. that have been able to create great separation. Now, Trey Palmer was one. Yes. Um <laughs> You know, I, I, I think, let me see, who, who else? Samori at his moments. Samori, some, yeah, Samori yeah. at moments, a deep, deep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys were were good, especially at stretching the field, getting out there. But 
when you need tight windows, you want somebody that can be able to have some zip on the ball, mm -hmm. be able to placement is important, all of those things. And this young man seems to have that at a young age, and if he can continue to develop, keep an eye on that guy, Dante Reno. This coaching staff has really loved the quarterback run game, and I think it's good to have an element of that. But to me, Strike, maybe we touch on this after we, we take our first break here. A quarterback's first job is always going to be to throw. So I would rather have a pocket base guy that can move a little and not, you know, run your quarterback into the ground and put him at risk uh, to get hurt. That's a good first segment looking at Nebraska football and recruiting. We're going to step aside here for just a second. Plenty of NBA talk on the way and more here on the block. The following is a test of the emergency alert system.